Welcome to Discoculia Headlines Weekly, a podcast where we share news, information, resources, tips and tricks about Discoculia. You can subscribe to this podcast via iTunes and then search for Discoculia Headlines. You can also find us on the web at discoculiaheadlines.com and then click on the podcast page. Discoculia can hurt your career and salary opportunities. Go ahead, use your fingers to do math. Binary.game, pandemic impact on learning disabilities, and at home math learning. This is our podcast for week 22 of 21. <coughs> and we welcome Dr. Schroeder, the founder of Discoculia Services, to help us review the links of this week. Welcome, Dr. Schroeder. Well, it's always great to be here. Wonderful, wonderful. We have some nice links that we want to go over with you. And the first one is about Discoculia being a threat to your salary and career. How is that? Yes, yes. This was published by the, um, on the website uh, explica.cl. Uh-huh. And they've actually reached out to mathematicians and psychologists and looked at the existing research. And it all confirms that our early math skills are a predictor for your later capacity to earn. That is amazing. Yeah. In fact, they put a number on it and predicted that with better math skills, you can earn about seven or $8,000 per year more than others who are not so mathematically inclined. Now, in our society, math skills play an enormous role in every job, in every family decision. There will be a math component. And so it's understandable that people who are better versed in math can better handle these issues Mm -hmm. and will earn more, make better decisions. Now, just for instance, the bagger at your grocery store makes less than the cashier and the bookkeeper more than a truck driver and the kid who figures out the numbers well in school will later on be able to figure out the best deal on his uh, phone subscription or car loan. That's right. And that again emphasizes the importance of screening for math learning issues early so that you can help those kids if they need some help. So. Uh, dear listeners, is lo- nothing else, please go to discoculiascreener.org and use the tools available to stay on top of it uh, for your children and Absolutely. ask help if necessary. Absolutely. And that's a great website that Dr. Schroeder has created there for your use. Most of it is free or very low cost, uh, discoculiascreener.org. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's where you can do that early screening and make sure that you get the help at the moment your kid deserves it most. Now, the next link says, it's okay to use my fingers to calculate. I, th- I thought you would grow over that. Uh-uh. Well, I have to say, I use my fingers because if I make a long addition and I uh, want to keep track of how many tens, hundreds, and thousands I'm adding together, I can do that with my fingers. I don't have to write it down. Right. Anyway, it's a huge misunderstanding in the schools mm-hmm. that kids should not use their fingers teacher think that they have accomplished something when they forbid the children to use their fingers. It's like their accomplishment if the kids don't right. use their fingers. Right. Uh, and they go proud to say that no one in their class uses their fingers anymore. Well, mm-hmm. that is based on old information and actually ill-advised. Now, <clears throat> let me make a comparison. If a child is recovering from a knee injury, you wouldn't take their crutches away until that knee is fully healed. Right. So that is the same with counting and using uh, on your fingers. If the child still needs it, that tells us um, that he needs help and 
eventually they uh, can go to a situation where all the math facts are memorized and retrieved automatically and they don't need to uh, use it anymore. But to get to that situation, you need to let them uh, use it. It's right. a sign that they still need it. And there is no set time limit for the continued use of fingers. Well, actually, I have heard that even some CEOs uh, <laughs> use their fingers. Well, they for multi-million deals. That, that's okay. <laughs> Every finger is a million. Okay. Right. So okay. teachers would maybe uh, do well to um, do our dyscalculia awareness course over the summer. Um, to get these kind of misunderstandings out of the way and look at it at a more um, in-depth in -depth, uh, way. That sounds like a good plan. That sounds like a good plan. The next link is a binary dot game. What can we learn there? Yeah, it's a very nice little game to play at the end of a tutoring session just for fun. And I, I try to do um, little games at the end every time because I want the kids to leave the lesson with a happy so feeling. So you don't know any math, but at least you got a nice game going there. Well, you can uh, win all kinds of math games. <laughs> ah, okay. But actually, this one teaches the children to think one step ahead. That is pretty good. That is important. So it's kind of training your working memory. So it may be a little bit like chess, but it's a lot simpler, luckily and easier for them to understand. It also only takes a few minutes, so you can time it better. So very nice. useful at the end of a uh, session. Nice resource to have. Now our next link is about the impact that that horrible pandemic has had on the learning of our children. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. The, the shift to remote learning after the pandemic has, has affected children with disabilities the hardest. It has affected all children but those kids suffered most and a recent survey in the US underlines just how profound an impact this shift to remote learning is having on children with learning and thinking differences like for, kid, for kids with ADHD or, or a specific learning disability like dyslexia and dyscalculia it's really really difficult to follow the lessons and to get the same out of it as if they were in person in a classroom. So the survey highlights um, not only the academic but also the financial and emotional impacts of this switch. It, it's necessary, I'm not saying we shouldn't do it, <clears throat> but we should also be aware of, of the consequences. So right. um, let me highlight some interesting findings here. Okay. Uh, during remote learning, 72% of all parents uh, who participated in this survey became aware or actually noticed that their child may have a learning or a thinking difference. Before that's, they that's, were not, not, that's not that bad, right? That's, that's not, that, not bad. that bad that's before their parents okay. were not aware so that, of it. That's a good one. So, 59% uh, of the parents of children with learning and thinking disabilities say that their children are a year behind now it's maybe difficult for parents to exactly know right, how much that. is a year behind mm -hmm. but, but uh, they feel they are way behind they, okay. they feel they are way behind and and when parents start to see that it child is behind then it's it is probably a year or more right. so um and those parents fear 
that their kids may never catch up. In contrast, only 16% of parents of children without uh, these conditions believe that their children have fallen behind. Okay. So 48% of children with learning and thinking disabilities report extreme levels of school-based anxiety since the pandemic. Yeah, so right. they really get the feeling that they're losing it. They don't want to go back to school now, right? W- w- no. And they didn't enjoy the online lessons. Right. So 56% of the parents with children with learning and thinking disabilities say that providing their children with academic support has put a major financial burden on their family. Right. So they, they have If that provided, comes back every week and then a couple of right. times a week, that costs money. Right. And the figure for parents with children without these conditions is uh, less, 30%. Still, right. but still. still a big number. Still yeah. a big number yeah. is really influential on the family budget. So you can see the impact is significant and uh, the report about the survey has a lot more numbers and findings it's an easy uh, read so click on it and uh, see for yourself okay well it brings us to the last link for this week and it's about math home learning i think it's a nice follow-up from the last link Mm -hmm. yeah um this is from a blog um, called math coach corner written by donna bulger if i Uh, say that correctly Um, and she uh, mentions a number of good websites for parents to use with their children to work on math over the summer month very good initiative we encourage parents to have their children continue to work on something in math uh, related preferably every week if not uh, several times a week Um, it doesn't have to be long worksheets actually it, it shouldn't be but just small activities, small interventions that make them think and use the skills that they have learned uh, during the year. It will work like like a spiral review, and that's what the children, and certainly the children with dyscalculia, need over those long summer months where they tend to forget a lot, unfortunately. The summer slide, yes. Well, thank you, Dr. Schroeder, for your insights. We hope to see you again next week. Dr. Schroeder is the founder of DiscoCuliaServices.com. You can follow her on Twitter, on Facebook. Uh, she has boards on Pinterest and Flipboard. And she runs five free webinars every week. You can go there uh, and look at webinars.discoculiatrainingcenter.com. Now, she also has a range of online trainings available. And for that, you can go to discoculiatraining.org. Discoculia Headlines Weekly is a production from discoculiaheadlines.com. You can find us on the web at discoculiaheadlines.com and we are on Twitter at discoculiahead. You can also find us on Facebook. We have a board on Pinterest and on Flipboard. Search for Discoculia Headlines or follow the links on our webpage. You can send your questions, comments and contributions to communications at discoculiaheadlines.com and we may even discuss it in one of our upcoming podcasts. We hope this was useful for you and until next week, you can count on us.